0: Hi, I'm Rob B and with Rob D and you are listening to episode 297 of the Property Podcast. Now this is a positive podcast, but this week we wanted to get really open and honest with you and talk about all the things that have gone wrong for us this year. And we've got quite a list.
1: Yes, welcome to the Property Podcast, where every Thursday morning, property investors just like you come together to be informed and inspired. You might think it's not that inspirational to focus on the negatives, on the things that haven't worked out. But actually, I think you'll find that today's episode will leave you feeling a lot more positive about your own property investing. And if that's not quite enough, stick around to the end for Hub Extra, where we've roped in someone very unexpected for a little bit more advice.
0: So a new story this week, Rob, with some quite shocking numbers. The headline is, Sales Slump as Fall Throughs and consumping Soar. And the article goes on to say that new research shows that 35% of deals fall through within three weeks of the seller receiving an offer. And a total of 44% fall through within four weeks. Those numbers are huge.
1: Those are huge numbers. I've always had in my head, i think I've read this a couple of places before that the rough proportion that fall through is about one in three and that's still a lot but 44% knocking on for half of transactions fall through after a sale is agreed that's really remarkable and that tells me a couple of things The first is that clearly there are opportunities in the market. If sales are falling through and people are getting nervous and sellers are getting messed around, that means there are going to be opportunities. There are lots of signs around at the moment that there are deals to be done as a little bit of a buyer's market. And this is just another data point supporting that. The main thing, though, that it tells me is that you must, must, must follow up if you have a deal rejected. Even if it was only one in three that was falling through it's still well worth your time putting in a call to the agent every week or two seeing what's going on because it might come back round if it's half that end up coming back onto the market and coming back onto the market with more time passed when the buyer has already made other plans when they've already had their expectations they've mentally sold the house and it's come back again that means that's going to be deals to be done a lot of the time this is hardly a novel insight but it's still remarkable how few people do this but if you need more motivation, this news story should give it to you.
0: Absolutely. Although I shouldn't be shocked, in my own street where I live, I've seen two properties in the last month, both have sold signs on them, and both come back on the market almost at the same time. So it clearly is a market where deals are possible, certainly in the southeast, and Perseverance, wherever you are, pays off. Now the year is nearly ending. Wow, and what a year it's been. But 2019 will soon be upon us. And of course, investment strategies and goals are being drawn up by many of you right now. But at this time of year, the same question always pops into our inbox, which is, where should I invest next year? Well, we're going to answer it. We have got a free webinar that you can join on the 26th of November at 6pm, where Rob and I will be running through our investment hotspots for 2019. We will cover this on the podcast as well in the future, but we'll go into much more detail at the webinar. We've got more time to do so. So to join us on that free event, all you have to do is go to thepropertyhub.net forward slash where. That's thepropertyhub.net forward slash where.
1: This week, we're talking about something that we've tried to emphasize over the last five or so years of the podcast because it's not something that most people will tell you and that is that in property, things can go wrong. No, not just things can go wrong, things will go wrong, and they'll go wrong regularly. Back in episode 195 of the podcast, two years ago, we recorded an episode called What's Gone Wrong for Us in 2016, where we shared some of the challenges that we'd had. But recording that episode, sadly, didn't put an end to it. That wasn't drawing a line under all our property challenges for life. We've had plenty more since then. So this week, we're going to talk about just a selection of the things that have gone for us this year, Rob.
0: Yeah, I think this is really important because we are upbeat and we are positive about the incredible impact property can make on your life. But things do go wrong, as Rob said. It's almost a guarantee. The longer you are in property and the bigger portfolio you build, you will see more crap happen. It's just part and parcel of the game. But the reason why we really want to get this across and share what's happened with you is so that if you're thinking about doing this, You know what to expect in the future and you can mentally prepare yourself. If you are one of those people who just break down at the thought of like anything going wrong in their lives and get super stressed out and freaked out by things, then I can tell you now you don't need to listen to the episode. Property investment is not for you because you have to accept that Crap happens. So here's a selection of some of that that's happened this year.
1: Well, clearly, we're not going out of our way to avoid having any challenges because if you want to have an easy life, you probably shouldn't be doing developments. Yet, that's what we've been really focusing on this year. When you're doing a build from the ground up, there are so many more things that can go wrong. So, obviously, some of them will. And Robert, our sighting crew, there were plenty of challenges before there was even anything coming out of the ground that even looked like a house.
0: Yeah. Before we started with developing, everybody I spoke to always said the hard part is getting off the ground. And I listened, but I didn't really absorb it. I didn't really understand it because from an amateur's point of view, you know, you look at a property development and you think, well, most of the work is when it's out the ground, you know, that's when the frame goes up, the electrics, the plumbing. But time and time again, as I was learning about development and building up my knowledge, the same cautionary tale was told. So it didn't come as too much of a shock that the main challenge we encountered on the crew development was getting out the ground so on our site and crew things were going well the groundworks team were doing their thing it was progressing along nicely time frames were being hit and then suddenly the contractor we were working with wasn't playing ball and the standards started to slip and then at one point just disappeared off site overnight to go and do another job These things happen with any contractors, not just ground workers. But this was the only case on this particular site that this has happened. What's worse, though, is that to get through the work to be able to get off site, they rushed their work, and the quality of that work wasn't up to scratch. So we had to bring in another contractor to come and fix part of what they'd done and go and do the last parts of the job. So that increased costs by a fair sum, and therefore we took a hit on the margin we were expecting on that site. It also put us back a few weeks by having to get in another ground worker. Now, it's all been sorted, but you go, wow, first development, falling out with a contractor, had to bring somebody else in, increased costs, delayed timeframes. Are you going to do it again? Absolutely. When we went into this, we went in with the mindset that things are going to go wrong. We even put a contingency budget in just for things to go wrong. If you expect it from the off, then you should be comfortable from a mindset point of view navigating through it because this is to be expected. It'd almost be a weird development if things hadn't gone wrong and actually you get more lessons by the things going wrong because for our next development we are doing things a little bit differently when picking our contractors to hopefully avoid this happening again. Now on our second development, will things go wrong? Absolutely, of course they will. But we plan for that we budget for that we add some extra time in to compensate for that and because of doing all those things i don't lose any sleep whatsoever
1: things are always going to go wrong but you just ideally want to have different things going wrong each time keeps life interesting because you've learned from what happened last time and put plans in place to fix them we had some challenges as well on a site that i'm involved with near york where actually it happened even earlier in the process didn't even manage to get as far as the groundworks before things had gone wrong and this was caused by the council being unbelievably slow in giving permissions so there were various planning conditions that had to be satisfied before work could start so we did what needed to be done sent in the evidence and then waited and waited and waited now we built in some time for this we built in longer than we thought would be necessary but in the end it took nearly double the amount of time that we thought it would take even when we've taken a pessimistic view on how long it would take and in fact the council had a backstop date in there where they basically said if you haven't heard from us by this date go ahead anyway because we've taken too long and we lose our right to have a say on it and indeed that's what ended up happening so we just had to wait for the clock to run down before we could push ahead Luckily we weren't expecting things to be perfect, so there had already been some allowance in there and then we were able to make up some progress further down the line so we're going to end up being a tiny bit behind but nothing dramatic. But that's another thing with developments, Rob. Some things are just completely out of your hands, and I'd completely underestimated what a big part of it, paperwork and permissions and things like that are. You'd think it was all to do with the construction, where the challenges would be, but it's actually on the admin side, where you can have some of your more annoying obstacles.
0: Definitely on the site and crew, the most annoying part was the paperwork, without doubt. The amount of conditions that needed to be satisfied on that site were (laughs) extensive. One of the most frustrating was a condition around HS2. Now, most people will know that HS2 is coming to crew, and that's fantastic. But what's not fantastic is the paperwork that accompanies it. We had to put a report together by contacting HS2 in London to show that our site was absolutely fine and wouldn't be adversely affected by the HS2 plans. So, we ended up speaking with the top guy HS2. He helped us put our plan together we then had to submit it to the council, who then have eight weeks to go and check with HS2 that our plans are okay, so check in with the people that we built the plan with, and then sign it off. But of course, of course, they need the full eight weeks to do that, just to make a phone call um, or write an email. What added to the frustration around this and the incredible slow process is that we delivered the documents, and we hand-delivered them because we were nervous, and we hand-delivered them and collected a receipt to show that they'd been delivered, and then waited. And a week had gone by, and nothing had happened. So we started chasing. Have you got it? We're just checking. Have you got it? We're just checking. Eventually, after two weeks, they hinted that they'd lost it, but wouldn't say that they'd lost it, but asked us if we could submit it again, So our eight weeks became 10 weeks because they'd lost it even though we had a receipt to show that we'd delivered it there. So we delivered again and chased them from the second it landed to get them to acknowledge it, which fortunately it did. Now, if that was the only bit of paperwork that we had to deal with, then you go, fair enough. But that was just one of many examples on this development, dealing with the council, finance. I made multiple trips to the solicitor to have them read contracts to me so I fully understood it at £200 a time. Of all the things that we've done on Crew, for me, absolutely the most frustrating is the bureaucracy and the paperwork that surrounds the development. It's fast and it's not fun.
1: So we've been encountering a whole range of new problems this year, but that doesn't mean that the old ones have gone away. There's still been a fair proportion of tenant-related drama as well. And Rob, I believe you've had this year something that I suffered from last year, which is tenants deciding that they didn't fancy paying anymore.
0: Yes, that's true. Well, that was true. One of the tenants didn't fancy paying anymore and this is because the tenants that shared the property fell out and one of them paid and one of them decided because of their grudge of the other person that they wouldn't. So we only received part of the rent and this went on for a couple of months until the tenancy ended and we've been chasing it up since and it is frustrating but it's not the first time this has happened and luckily the letting agent is doing a good job of getting those funds back for us. But you have to accept at some time throughout your portfolio that tenants are going to stop paying. Now, if this is the type of thing that concerns you, then rental guarantee insurance can take this pain or potential pain away. And therefore, you can relax when it does play out. And in this next example, luckily, I was covered because I had tenants disappear No, David Blaine hadn't been there and worked his magic, they just decided to leave without telling anybody. And of course, they left without paying their rent. So the rental guarantee insurance stepped up and paid out. Unfortunately, the cheeky monkeys, they left damage as well, so there was work to be done afterwards. Now it may sound that I'm making light of this and I have to admit, I wasn't particularly phased when these things happen. For me, it's just part and parcel of being a property investor or a landlord.
1: I had an absolute shocker of a year last year when it came to damage and maintenance and all sorts of stuff happening. Oh, we had some non-paying tenants in there as well. Last year was a bit of a disaster from that point of view, really. But this year, things were a lot quieter. I got all the way through to September or October, thought I might have a clean run all the way through, then, bang damage at one of my properties in Nottingham. This one was a bit galling because really there was nothing anyone could have done about it. I've had things before with problem tenants where I picked them wrong and in retrospect I knew that I scrimped on the checks or where I had a letting agent who wasn't doing a very good job and that was a bit annoying. This time the tenants seemed perfectly fine, they'd passed referencing, the first inspection was okay, no particular sign that anything was going to go wrong. But then when they left there was a huge amount of damage i can't even remember what it was i got given an invoice to pay which seemed to go on for pages listing all the things that had to be done there were a couple of appliances in there that they'd managed to break which are really expensive to repair so it added up to a heck of a sum and for me that just shows that these things are always going to happen there's not a lot you can do about it sometimes you can spot something that you've done wrong and you can learn from it and do it differently this time On this occasion, hadn't obviously done anything wrong. This was a nice property, city centre, good tenant profile. It's not the kind of property where it's like, well, it's really high yield, but I expect there to be challenges just because of the demographic or the area or whatever. You wouldn't expect this kind of thing necessarily to happen. But, you know, sometimes it does. And it's just one of those things.
0: The properties that gave me headaches this year were in secondary areas, but the tenants passed all the checks. So could I have done more? I'm sure if I dig really deep, I could get more lessons out of it. But sometimes you just have to accept that things are going to happen. And I think that's the biggest lesson from this, is your mindset and accepting that things are going to happen. But that nearly everything that happens, there's a solution. And I think if you understand that going in, that things are going to happen, but when they do, there's nearly always a solution, you're okay. If you know there's always a solution, then why do you need to do the worry bit and the old crap bit? Ask yourself, will I care about this challenge or problem in five years' time? And if the answer is no, then why do you care now? And that's the way I look at things. Like tenants not paying, bit of damage. Yeah, it's not fun, and I'm not exactly wishing it. And like, yeah, let's have some more of that next year. But when it happens, I accept it. I probably won't even remember it in five years' time because there's going to be so much good and positive stuff and more interesting events happening in my life. So why give it attention now? If you give it your attention and mental bandwidth, then you're stopping yourself from doing more positive things and taking action and getting on with enjoying your life.
1: Exactly. And some of that comes from experience. I think naturally when you start out in property or you start out doing anything, however prepared you are, you probably take things a little bit more seriously or give them a bit more attention. But by the time you're on to the second or third time something's happened You can be a little bit more relaxed about it and among the things that we've just talked about there are some that we've learned lessons from so we can try to minimize the chances of them happening again and others where it's like well you know actually not much we could have done i always try to look at anything that's happened and think about how it could have been my fault and try to take responsibility for it not out of any kind of masochism but just because that's the one thing that i can control there's no point moaning about situations or other people or anything else because I can't control those. I can control what I do. So I always try to look at things in property or especially in business as what could I have done differently to stop this from happening? Sometimes there's an answer and there's something to learn from it, and that's great because it means that I can improve. But sometimes you just have to think, you know what, things just happen. And like you said earlier, Rob, if you're not comfortable with that, then you shouldn't be in property, you shouldn't be in business. You can't really do any much of anything if you're only happy if it's perfect all the time
0: yeah absolutely you know i've had the pleasure of working with probably thousands of property investors over the last decade plus and the vast majority take it in the stride and use them as lessons but occasionally you do meet people who just have their meltdown and you just think you shouldn't have done this like property investment is not for you so if you are that type of person who has a meltdown over you know, things going wrong, wherever they are in life, then don't give yourself more stress than going property investment because, as we've said, things will go wrong. Now, when things do go wrong, you can make your life easier by working with other people. Now, you can do that in so many different ways. It can be through your network. So if you've been to meetups and you've met other investors, you can ask them for advice. You can go on the Property Hub forum and ask people there for advice and pass on their experience. If it's during the conveyancing process, you can speak to your solicitor. If it's when you're managing a property, if you're using a letting agent, which I'd highly recommend, then they should be dealing with the majority of the problems and just informing you of the solutions. And the list goes on. You can do this for sourcing property. You can do it for your mortgage, working with mortgage advisors. We often say work with experts, but there's a reason for it because there are so many variables in property. By working with somebody who's seen those variables time and time again, and to them it's normal, and actually just part of their job, it makes your life a lot easier and their confidence at dealing with these situations will make you feel a lot more confident and therefore comfortable about these events occurring.
1: So that's a selection of some of the things that have gone wrong for us in 2018. The year isn't quite over yet. Maybe there's more lurking, but that's okay. We're still smiling and I'm sure we'll be able to deal with it. We'd love to know what's gone wrong for you. It's always great when people share this kind of thing because in property, you don't hear enough of the day-to-day challenges. It's easy for things to look really glamorous and then it almost feels like you're doing something wrong if you're struggling. So share your challenges and your mistakes and your learnings. We're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as Property Hub UK.
0: So we have Hub Extra coming up, but before we do... Let's acknowledge some wonderful human beings and hubbers who've left us five-star reviews. So first up is Mo, and Mo says, I've been listening to the Property Podcast after reading Rob D's book, The Complete Guide to Property Investment, which is an amazing book. I must admit my confidence levels increased massively, and I feel I can start in property investment after I've created my goal and strategy plan. Thanks for the free course. I'm looking forward to each and every Thursday to listen to the valuable advice from Rob and Rob. You guys are legends. Please keep up the good work. And Will says, Hi guys, I've been listening to countless episodes over the past few weeks and a review had to be written. By far the best podcast I've listened to. Informative, easy to understand, interesting and countless gems of knowledge. And experience passed on for free. I'm just starting out in property investment and your advice has given me huge confidence to go forward. Thank you and keep up the great work. Well, thank you, Mo. Thank you, Will. Thank you to everybody who's left us a five-star review. And thank you to everybody who's going to leave us one as a Christmas present. Yeah, hint, hint.
1: Okay, just a little more conversation before we wrap this week's episode in the form of Hub Extra, where every week we give you that little bit more. And it's backed up by the Hub Extra email that hits your inbox if you're a Property Hub subscriber every single Friday morning to give you some value to head into your weekend. This week we've got a quote, a very appropriate quote at that, from that great philosopher Elvis Presley, and the quote is: "When things go wrong, don't go with them." Rob, how do you interpret that one?
0: First of all, I like this quote because I think you can interpret it different, a few different ways. But for me, this is: don't let the problem or the challenge define you. Don't let it take over. You know, often it can take over your full attention of your day, your time, and also your mindset. And when things do go on, you have a choice of how you deal with it. There are multiple choices you make, how you're going to react, what action you're going to take, and also whether you're going to take lessons from it. And you can often decide to take positive paths or outcomes, like put a plan in place, take action, learn the lessons from it, or take the negative path and let the problem absorb you by dwelling on it, being scared of it, and therefore letting it own you. Rob, how did you interpret it?
1: Pretty similar. I think a slightly different angle you can take on it is often you can let things spiral. When something goes wrong, you can go wrong. You can completely lose it and your judgment can be affected and you can change the way that you're looking at the world and that can lead to further things going wrong and one little bump can just knock you completely off track. Whichever interpretation you take, though, I think this is a nice one. That's the great thing about quotes. If you can find a little quote or saying or something that works for you and you can just get it embedded in your mind and you can trigger it when a situation happens that's challenging and you can use it to turn your thinking around or to cut off negative patterns of thought, that's so useful because you can't control the situation, but you can control how you react to it. And so if you can use other people's words of wisdom as a little tool to say it in your head and stop things from going downhill... And that can prevent you from making a bad situation worse.
0: Yeah, I can't help but falling in love with that quote, and hopefully it's left you all shook up too. <laughs> so that's it, another week covered. But what do you want us to cover? Please let us know. You can let us know through the Property Hub forum, or you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at, at Property Hub UK. And if you're keen to find out about what Rob and I do outside the podcast and the companies that we run, you can go to thepropertyhub.net forward slash discover. So... Thank you very much for joining us, and we'll be back next week. <laughs> bye bye.
1: Bye bye.